Griffin, the senior point guard from Brooklyn. Beautiful move there. Griffin trying to take. Got it. And a foul. This is the Alan Griffin Show. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. Yeah, it's the, the premiere of the Alan Griffin Show. Stephen Fonte alongside Coach Griff, 315-437-7644. If you'd like to uh, to chin your, your first ever Alan Griffin Show, it's off and running. Wow, that's big. Real big. I'm actually, I need to get my camera out and make sure I take a picture of some video of this right That's now. right. That's right. We may, we may have to do that before the end of the show. And so the very first question on the very first Alan Griffin show comes from Jerry McNamara. I'm intrigued. I, I have to hear this story. So we have to start there. Uh, Coach McNamara wanted us to ask you, what color golf tee do you use when you play golf? So there must be a story there. So please tell us. Yeah, it's a pink tee. Let's get it out of the way right now. It's a pink tee. I use a pink tee. Um, Jerry and uh, our, our director of basketball, Kip Wellman, we went out golfing, and uh, basically they saw my pink tee, and they started calling me Pinky ever since then. So, um, yeah, I just got into the game of golf. I loved it uh, this summer, and uh, uh, Pinky205 is my name. <laughs> so you had some success with the pink tee? Is that why you keep using it? You know what? I did. Um I can do. I, I can drive really well, especially off the tee. And uh, that day, I was crushing it, and they was just like looking at me, like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> the secret is the pink tee. Is the pink tee definitely? Because once I lost the pink tee, which I got to get some more of them, uh, uh, my game went down, especially from a driving perspective. And we know athletes are superstitious, so oh, definitely. Yeah. So you got to got to get the got to get a pink tee. Oh, um, how was the summer? What, what, we haven't talked in a while. What were you up to this summer? You know, this summer, uh, just working with the guys, the ones that were uh, here on campus, uh, Barama Sidi Bay, you know, he couldn't do much uh, on the court. We were able to do some form shooting and stuff like that. So we changed his shot this summer a little bit and uh, expect him to be a better uh, shooter from the, you know, from the perimeter, but also definitely from the foul line. Uh, And his percentages will be a lot better because, you know, we tweaked some things and, and, you know, from the outcome of that, uh, he's been, uh, you know, shooting it well. And you found a, a way to, to sneak in a few rounds of golf. Oh, definitely golf. Well, every opportunity I got, I, I tried to play as much as possible. All right. Now we're talking basketball. It's hard to believe, but, I mean, the regular season opener is a week from tonight. You're inside the Dome. You're taking on uh, Eastern Washington. We'll get into that opponent as, as the, the show moves along. But you do have one exhibition game. I don't want to call it exhibition game. Preseason game uh, under your belt against St. Rose. You played without a point guard, without a true point guard. Obviously, Howard Washington, Frank Howard, Jalen Carey, all injured. So, Tyus Battle got the started point. How much did that affect what you as a coaching staff can take away from that first game? The fact that, you know, you didn't have a point guard out there, a true point guard. Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of the guys were playing out of position. You know, it gave a lot of the guys that sometimes, or you know, they might not get that opportunity to get the opportunity to doing something different, uh, especially Tyus. Uh, you know, you know, Tyus has aspirations to uh, playing at the next level, and that's one thing that can he can add to you know his resume per se. Uh, so, and he did a great job. You know, I, I thought throughout the game, at times he was thinking about trying to be a point guard instead of trying to be Tyus. You know, uh, and I and I thought you know uh, he, he kind of got himself in some situations where uh, he, usually he'll just go and just think to score. Um, and so, uh, from that perspective, uh, you know. We made some corrections. Coach did a great job this week uh, leading up to this game tomorrow, uh, LeMoyne, of, you know, settling him down and making sure that he goes and be himself. Uh, but also, too, you got a chance to get Buddy out there and, 
and uh, Buddy getting into the starting lineup and doing a great job. I think he had, what, 17, 18 points? 19 points, uh, 19 yeah. points, wow. And um, <clears throat> he did a great job of, you know, sharing the basketball, had a couple assists, you know, and uh, uh, you got a, a lot of the guys, Elijah Hughes, uh out there and he he did a great job so we got a chance to get a lot of guys out there uh and and just getting their feet wet especially the first year guys well we'll get to buddy in a second because i, I want to talk about his game and, and what we saw to him against st rose but you, you mentioned tyus was trying to be more of a point guard than just being tyus he finished one for ten from the field it was it was not his his night shooting the basketball but he finished with six assists he only turned it over two times and as you said it's he, he's playing out of position we saw him play a little bit of point here and there every once in a while if frank had to go out of the game last year but he played 34 minutes primarily at, at point guard uh, the other night um, so good experience for him. Are we to expect that he will be the starting point guard again tomorrow? And by that, I know Jalen Carey's back at practice. Uh, do you have an update for us? Jerry said uh, a couple minutes ago that that he was questionable for the game. Any idea? You know, if you had to lean one way or the other, or put a percentage on it, what are the chances we'll see Jalen Carey tomorrow night? You know, uh, again, uh, Jalen was out there. You know, getting some sweat in the last couple of days of, of practice. So you know, obviously, it's a, a coach's perspective and our medical people. Um, you know, uh, Brad Pike does an unbelievable job for us. So uh, he'll give us the nod if Jalen can go. And I think uh, if Jalen can go, Jalen would be out there. A coach would throw him out there. But, um, you know, right now, you know, we just kind of been going as, you know, as key with, you know, Tyus at the point. Does does that hurt you guys at all going into the regular season if Jalen Carey can't play tomorrow? Obviously, Frank Howard's not going to play. Um, does that set you back at all in terms of where you'd like to be at this stage? Because, you know, Frank, I don't think you're worried about because he's a senior and he's, he's been around the block. But Jalen, this is his first taste of, of major Division One college basketball. Any concern that he'll have to jump right in if he doesn't go tomorrow night? Yeah, you know what? Jalen is a phenomenal player. Uh, I think he'll adjust, you know, quite fine. Um, you know, the one thing uh, that Coach Bayham has under his belt is, is that he's able to put guys in position to be successful. And I think when Jalen gets healthy enough to go out, be able to go out there and play, I think Coach is going to do a, phen- you know, a great job of just putting him in situations where, you know, he can kind of get his feet wet but have some success at the same time. You mentioned a moment ago, you said, well, because Jalen Carey couldn't play, uh, that gave Buddy Beheim the, the start. And, and Tyus was the point guard, and Buddy got to start at the two. And, and, and boy, did he play well. He made the most of those minutes and, and finished with 19 points and, and played 28 minutes and, and shot very well from the outside, as you would expect. He was three for seven from three, but also had a couple of long jumpers as well. And I said this to, to Seth Goldberg on Orange Nation. I said, you know, Seth, to be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect out of Buddy. And I realized it's just a preseason game, but I was very impressed. I mean, he looks the part. He looks like he belongs. He looks like he's going to contribute for you, for you guys this year. I just want to let Syracuse know and all the surrounding areas of Syracuse know that Buddy Beheim belongs here. And that's not just because of the name on the back of his jersey. I mean, the kid has put in tremendous hours of hard work. Uh, you know, when I first got back here, I couldn't believe you know, the time he put in the gym. And it's just showing now. Uh, and it's going to continue to show. Uh, he, he He's a he's a phenomenal worker. He's very coachable. You know, you know all coaches can say something to him and give him tips. It's not just coach coaching him, you know. So, you know, again, Buddy Beheim belongs at Syracuse University, and Buddy Beheim is going to be a really good player here. I, I covered him quite a bit in high school when he was at Jamesville DeWitt. And just the year that he was away, to see how much his game has grown from his junior year at JD to where he is now – 
I got to be honest with you, I'm I'm blown away by what he brings to the table. And, you know, he's not just a shooter. He just, he's got size. He's got some strength. He he can play defense. He can, I mean, he, there, he's more than just a shooter. And I guess that's the part that I was surprised by. Right. And, you know, he's grown up in a basketball household uh, from a Hall of, Hall of Fame coach. And the one thing I've always remembered about Buddy and with Coach, I used to see him on the recruiting trails and I would talk to Julie every now and then, is that Buddy will always study film. Film at an early age, and you just knew it that he he had the bug since a young kid, and you know, and he just put the hard work in, and now he's going to reap the benefits of a lot of his hard work. And I know that you know Coach Beheim has been—I don't want to say hesitant to talk about it because you know when we've asked him questions or when anyone's asked him questions, he's responded. But he kind of downplays and said we're going to treat him just like anyone else. And and Buddy says I want him to treat me like anyone else. Um, How does that dynamic work, though? I mean, you're you know you see that relationship, you know their relationship. Is it truly, you know, when they're on the on the court, it's it's truly coach player. I mean, do you do you see any any difference in the way he's treated? Whether you know, coach is harder on him, maybe at times, yeah. or or easier on him. I mean, have you seen that at all? You know, what? no, I, uh, coach really coaches him during practice, like one of the the guys. And you know, this uh, summer, me and coach was out in uh, California recruiting, and you know, for the first time, I was able to see coach be a dad and 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 really get on buddy. Uh, uh, just a situation that they had at home. And I was like, you know, this is going to be fine. You know, coach is going to be coach. Uh, I don't think coach can be no other person but coach. So uh, he's going to treat Buddy just like everybody else. That was my biggest takeaway from the the St. Rose game. And I know it's just a preseason game and it's hard to take too much from it. But the way that Buddy played, you know, I know a lot of people will say, you know, at the end of the day, Coach Bayham's only going to play seven guys. You know, Buddy's probably you know ninth in the pecking order right now. If you if you look at all the guys on your roster between you know Merrick and Jalen Carey and 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 you know you've got uh, you know Buddy Bayham and and Elijah and, and so on and so forth. I think Buddy's going to get some run. I, I you know and and you would know that better than me. And it's hard to predict what's going to happen once the ACC comes. But it you know it looks like you guys are truly nine deep. Yeah, definitely. You know, right now if you look at our stats practice. You know, Buddy is one of our most consistent players throughout practice. Uh, he's making shots. He's making plays for other people. And, again, he's just working hard, and and he will reap the benefits of his hard work. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. It's the uh, the season premiere of the Alan Griffin Show. Uh, Syracuse with an 80-49 win uh, over St. Rose in, in that opener. What else do you you take away from the preseason opener other than the play of Buddy? And we talked about how Tyus was a little bit out of position. It was the first taste of collegiate action for Elijah Hughes since he transferred. Obviously, he was in East Carolina. Then he transferred, sat out the year. It was his first you know action in, in quite some time. Uh, what what else do you do you take away from that that game? Was it seeing Elijah out there and and kind of getting his feet you know feet wet yet again? Oh, definitely. That was a highlight for us, uh, and and he did exactly what we expected, and he can be better, you know, and that's the scary part. Um, but the the thing I took away from it is is that we were able to score the basketball. Uh, you know, last year it was a struggle for us to score just because of you know one the numbers and just two the dynamic of the team. Um, but this year we we got some guys that can really be explosive and scoring, and Elijah Hughes is one of those guys. So, um, you know, it, it, it was a, it was good to see for for our team and for our university and for our fans. I made the point that when Tyus Battle announced he was coming back, I said, 
you know, he, he may help his stock because those around him are going to be better. We saw a lot of times last year where there was like five seconds out of the shot clock and it was like, here, Tyus, go make a play, do something for us. And he would end up, you know, putting up a, a tough shot with a hand in his face, sometimes two hands in his face, and his shooting percentage struggled. I think he was like 32% from three and, and below 40% on the year uh, from the field. By coming back, you know, sometimes less is more. And it feels like this might be a case of Tyus comes back. Maybe he does take less shots, plays a few less minutes, but maybe his production will go up because those around him are going to be better. Definitely. That's the plan. <laughs> that is that is the plan. And, uh, you know, the great thing about Tyus is, number one, he's a great kid, and he understands the dynamic of the team right now and the dynamic of everything that's going on. And I think that's why, you know, that first game, he was kind of attentive, you know, and and, 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 and he, he needs to be Tyus. And, and, and when he's Tyus – he just needs to make the right read, you know, and um, that's the one thing that, you know, he's worked on the last couple of days, and I think, you know, if he gets to start at point guard, you'll see a different guy uh, tomorrow night. You mentioned uh, that scoring the basketball was a struggle last year. You know, let's be honest, shooting the, the three was a struggle at times. I mean, O'Shea Brissett finished the year statistically as your best three-point shooter, but this year you've got, you know, Elijah Hughes and Jalen Carey and Buddy Bayheim, and again, you know, O'Shea and, and Tyus, I, I would think both of their percentages are going to go up. Does that go from being maybe a weakness for this team last year to potentially being a strength for this team uh, this year, the outside the outside shot, the three-point shot? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when you can add a dynamic shooter like Buddy and Elijah Hughes and, you know, and Jalen Carey to, to the mix, it just adds, you know, to 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 what you need to be get done uh, from the three-point range. Uh, but, you know, the one thing we want to keep these guys in is an attack mode. You know, we want these guys to continue just to attack and then let the three-pointers come off of you attacking. You know, again, making the right read. You know, if a guy's at you at the rim, you know, you got a guy on the three-point line, yeah, now instead of forcing up that shot and getting that low percentage, you know, missed shot, kick it out to a guy like Buddy. Let him make that three. You know, it just makes it, – it, that much better for us, you know, as a team. Makes you tougher to defend as well. We've got so much more to get to here on the show. I want to get to your position group here coming up in a moment, but we do need to take our first time out. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. It's the season premiere of the Alan Griffin Show. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. This is the Alan Griffin Show. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. All right, 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in on the Alan Griffin Show. I just received a, a text from Paul in Syracuse. He has a question for you, Coach. He says, how does the coaching mentality change going from basically five and a half guys to legitimately nine deep into the season? How do you balance the minutes throughout the season? I know that's that's mostly Coach Bayheim, but how, do, how does that change as you guys get ready for a game when you go from having very little options, or, you know, option on the bench, to now you've got a bunch of options on the bench? Well, that, that just helps us. That enhances us. Uh, that makes us that much better because, you know, the one thing about having, you know, three or four guys to come off the bench, the one thing that you know is is that if you're going to get in the game, especially playing for Coach Bayham, he has to trust you and trust you enough to put you out there. And uh, uh, with the depth that we have right now, it, it can be a very, very good thing for us, especially returning all the guys pretty much that, you know, that – was productive for us last year. You look at the starting five from the St. Rose game, and Elijah Hughes got the start over Merrick. So it was Pascal in the middle, it was Ty's battle, it was O'Shea Brissett, Buddy Bayheim, and then Elijah Hughes got the start at the other forward spot, uh, and, and not Merrick. Um, curious to get your thoughts on on that, on Elijah getting the nod, and, and what 
Merrick does for you in that role of of coming off the bench this year? Uh, it just gives us a very versatile player coming off the bench, and I I, I think um, it's a good thing for our team. Uh, when you could put a guy in there that played a lot of great big minutes for us last year that can come in for three positions, uh, that that helps Coach Bayham tremendously in terms of, you know, his strategy, you know, in any game situation. Uh, Marat can come in for a guy like O'Shea. He can come in for Elijah Hughes. He can also come in and spare minutes at a center position for either Baramo or Pascal. So uh, it, it, it gives us a lot of versatility coming off the bench, and, and that's something that, Again, we didn't have last year, and, it, and uh, it, it's a good thing for us. So, depending on the matchup, is it possible we'd see Merrick at the five, it, not out of a necessity, but out of uh, you know, let's let's try this. We'll go a little quote unquote smaller here, and and maybe be able to run the floor a little bit better with him out there. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, uh, Merrick showed that he was one of our best playmakers last year. Also, um, you know, he had some great moments in terms of getting other people involved and. Uh, He's a tremendous player, and, and I think you know his better days are still ahead of him. So when you see guys come back after, you know, we saw what they, they brought to the table last year, and, and virtually everybody is back, and I'm sure guys you know, added to their game. What did, what did Merrick add to his game in the offseason? How has is, how is he improved from last year to this year? He added a couple of pounds. I was going to say, did he, did he, I think Coach made, made the point. He said, yeah, I think he put on two pounds. Yeah, he had a couple of pounds, and he actually grew an inch, you know, which is which is a good thing. But uh, his his ability to be able to uh, stick the outside shot, he worked uh, so hard, uh, you know, this fall and, and, and last spring, going into the summer a little bit with Coach Autry, and they spent tremendous hours in ter- into, into the gym uh, on his uh, on the shot and extending his range. So uh, that's the one thing that, you know, people of Syracuse and our fan base is going to be happy with because he's going to be able to stick that three ball every now and then. All right, let's talk about your position group, uh, the centers. And when we talk about Barama and Pascal, we have to start with their health. Uh, how are both of those guys feeling? Are they, you know, Barama in particular, is Barama 100% going into the season? He's 100% right now. Um, you know, Barama's done a phenomenal job of uh, rehabbing. Uh, he's one of those guys who's been here all summer, uh, and he's worked hours in, and uh, you know, in the weight room, in the training room, in the weight room, in the training room, you know, just trying to get as healthy as possible. And uh, the last couple weeks, last week or so, he's been really good in terms of being able to uh, last a whole practice uh, without, you know, soreness and stuff like that. So, uh, we're happy where he is right now, and he has to continue just to keep getting strong, building you know the muscles up around the knee, and uh, he, he's going to be good for us. How about Pascal? Is he healthy going into the year? Very healthy. I think Pascal's in a good spot. He gained some muscle, uh, which is a which is a really good thing for him and for us. So uh, it, it's going to be uh, with, with my group. Uh, I, I I use those guys as one person. You know. I combine those guys and and, and and I call us you know a little family you know uh, and, and um, I'm just happy to work with those guys and again you'll see big things for them because they work very hard. All right, so there's you know 40 minutes out of the center position and and you know if we split it down the middle, say both guys get about 20. What what would you ultimately like their combined line to be? Like what is the what is the goal for uh, you know Barama Chuku or I mean you know if you if you, if you make them, if you make them one guy, I mean what what would you ideally like to get out of that position game in and game out? I would say you know 12 points, 12 to 15 points, um, you know at least. 12 rebounds and, you know, six to eight blocks. 
I, I think they can do that as a group, as a unit, uh, especially if you split it down 2020. And you said, you know, Brahma in particular uh, added some some offense to his game. Um, are we going to see him, you know, be able to to hit a, you know, eight footer? In I mean, is that is that in his arsenal, or is it pretty much just around the basket for those two it, guys? It's definitely in both of those guys' arsenal. I, I think they just got to have the confidence enough to go out there and just shooting it and making it. Uh, in practice, they showed glimpse of doing that, and they just got to just keep getting better. You know, the one thing that we do every day. As a unit is, is we shoot. You know, we shoot free throws. I make them shoot, you know, the free throws. But also, too, uh, you know, making sure they, they shoot that, you know, 8, 12, you know, range where I think they're definitely capable of making them. What do you think the ceiling is for, for Barama at, in this program? I mean, he's obviously, you know, still a young guy. I mean, you know, what, what do you think he can – do you compare him to anybody maybe you played with or came through the, the SU program that, you know, he could be like, you know, this guy someday if he keeps working hard? I think Baram is unique okay. uh, because uh, his quickness and athleticism can, you know, is, is different than anybody I've played with here. Uh, uh, and, and, and the one thing is, is that, you know, his moves, are, you know, he got a little skills, some moves around the basket, which, you know, Barama just got to stay healthy. I think that's the one thing that could stop his growth is, you know, him, you know, um, not being as healthy as he, he should be or he could be. So, from where you were last year when you arrived back with this program and you guys were, were one of the youngest teams, it, it felt like, in college basketball, and now fast forward a year later, and you know, Tyus Battle actually raised this point at, at ACC Media Day. He said, you know, we went from being one of the youngest in the country to you know, now we're one of the most experienced teams in the country in the, in the blink of an eye, and that's, that's the way things work in college basketball. So what, what have you noticed as maybe the biggest change from – you know, last year, late October to this year, late October. Are you guys that much further ahead of the game in your development and chemistry and all that kind of stuff because so many of these guys have played together for so long? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the one thing I would say this is, you know, we haven't had, uh, you know, Frank out there yet. Um, and, and Frank is a big part of our success last year, and he's going to be a big part of the success this year. And, and the one thing that you do notice is that he's not out there. Uh, so uh, we got to kind of get over that. And, you know, with some of the young guys like Jalen, some of the guys like Buddy, you know, they, they have to kind of step it up a little bit in, in, in Frank's absence. And, and, and then, you know, kind of when Frank gets back, you know, get him in there and, uh, uh, you know, keep trucking along. So that's the one thing you do notice every day in practice, you know, that Frank's not there. Uh, but, you know, we just know that we still got a good player and uh, that's, that's, you know, waiting to play and uh, look forward to having it. I heard Jerry say uh, on his show uh, last hour that he's out of the boot and that they're doing some on-court work, and you know everybody's hesitant to put a timetable on it. But it seems around the time of the opener, uh, you guys hope to have him back, and the opener again is is next Tuesday. What do you think is realistic? Do you let me put it to you this way? Do you think we will see him back on the court for a game in time for that? that UConn game down at the Garden. That's that's what, mid-November? You think he'll be back on the court for that game in mid-November, or is it hard to say at this point? It's hard to say. I think the one thing Coach is not doing is rushing is. Sure. And, and he wants Frank to be as comfortable as possible, you know, especially when you're dealing with ankles and feet and knees and stuff like that. You want to make sure that it's right, you know. Uh, and, and that's the one thing Coach is very patient on that, and I think we got enough pieces that we can survive 
uh, to a certain degree without Frank right now and um, and, and kind of get through it. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to check in. You can also text us at 315-288-0644. We're halfway home on the inaugural Alan Griffin Show. We are back after this on ESPN Radio. This is the Alan Griffin Show. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. Stephen Fonte, Alan Griffin with you up until 9 o'clock. 315-437-7644 if you have a question for the coach. Uh, we'll get back to the basketball talk here in a moment. Uh, but we got to talk a little bit of football. Uh, the college football playoff bowl, the first one, came out tonight. And Syracuse checks in at number 19. And we know they're 22nd in the AP, 24th in the coaches. You wonder what could have been had they hung on against Clemson and or Pittsburgh. But 19th in the poll. I know you were at the game, uh, Griff, on on Saturday night. Um, What a scene. You know, national TV and a a night game in prime time and a nationally ranked opponent in town and an exciting game, 51-41 on the way Eric Dungy played. Um, it's a whole lot of fun, I would imagine, to be on the SU campus right now. Oh, definitely. I was really excited. Um, you know, the one thing um, when I was in school here, I, I had a guy with the number five on the back of his jersey, and, you know, McNabb, and he had some great, uh, uh, some great games and some great teams. And uh, uh, watching that team perform uh, Saturday night was, I was very, very, very proud to be in a Syracuse alum that night. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the McNabb years, and you know, really, two thousand one. That's that's the last really good team at, at Syracuse. You know, Dwight Freeney and 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 that team, and they were nationally ranked at the at the end of the year, and they hadn't been nationally ranked until till just this week. Um, do you feel like SU football is back? Like it it feels different this year, and I know it's 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 just one season, and it, and it's and it's only six and two, and you know, we saw Doug Marone lead this program to eight wins a couple of times, but. It feels like it's it's different this year. Oh, definitely. You can feel the magic. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, walking in the Dome, you know, it's not one team that comes in there that you feel that we can't beat. You know, last year I was at the Clemson game. You know, Florida State game this year. You know, I go to as many games as I can, especially because we have recruits on campus, but also to, you know, um, I want to I want to support, you know, um, and uh, – it's you can feel the magic. To be honest with you, uh, the kid Dungy is uh, is, a, is a great talent, and the, and the great thing about him is is that I you know I kind of watch him specifically, especially when I got the tickets where I could sit behind and and see his intensity and, and his tenacity. Um, I mean, it's uh, he, he's a special kid, and uh, you can see why coach uh, really likes him and he sticks with him. You know, the Devito kid is a you know really good quarterback. He's going to be a really good quarterback, but you know it's, it's Dungy time. The the mental toughness that that he showed after getting benched against North Carolina, and then all this question about whether or not you know he was going to be the starting quarterback, and was it time to hand things over to Tommy DeVito? The way that he responded, um, I you know I would imagine like you as a coach, you can you can respect what he as a player had to to go through all week long to put himself in that position, then to respond the way he did. That that is something special. Oh, it says a lot about his character, you know, and and the one thing about it is is that. He has to be a team first guy in order to be able to bounce back the way he did, and 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 that's just uh, I, again he's going to be a special player, and this is awesome. So you mentioned recruiting a minute ago, and you said you know you you have recruits on campus, so that's why you go to some of the games. So I'm going to bring this back to basketball now. Does that help at all when? You've got a packed house for a football game, and you're entertaining a recruit, and you can bring him into the dome and be like, "Yeah, you know, the football team's nationally ranked, and you know we're 16th in the country." And I mean, how much how much does that help? Just the the overall 
selling the package to the kid of like this is what it could be if you come here. Oh, definitely. Winning solves a lot, uh, and and it doesn't matter if it's field hockey, women's soccer. If you can, you know, tell a recruit that you know our women's soccer team is number one in the country or top fifteen in the country, winning sells. You know, and 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 that's the one thing uh, great about the football team. They're doing a phenomenal job, and they're being competitive, and, and they're winning. All right, let's go to the phone lines, 315-437-7644. Uh, Jake in Syracuse up on the show with us. Hey, Jake, how are you? Hey, guys. Hi, Coach. Let me just say uh, first, good luck this season. Can't wait. Thank you. Um, I, I might be late to the show. I just wanted to, two things. I wanted to get an update on Jalen Carey's ankle, and I was wondering if you could give uh, the name of the athletic trainer because every guy on the team looks like they put on a lot of muscle. And I think uh, Adrian Autry Jr. could probably get some reps at linebacker for the football team. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> Wait, that brought a, great, a big smile to my face. Uh, uh, the the one thing um, uh, with Jalen is this: uh, you know, coach is not trying to rush him back. Uh, coach wants him to be as comfortable as possible when he puts him out there. So, uh, you know, one, you know, our strength and conditioning coach, uh, uh, Brad. P- I mean, our trainer. Excuse me, Brad Pike. Is gonna uh, uh, is gonna do a phenomenal job of getting him right, and and um, and and we're just gonna you know kind of take our time and and getting him uh, uh, back when he can perform the way he needs to perform. Yeah, and and we talked about it earlier in the show, Jake. But yes, we appreciate you checking in, and and thanks so much for for calling the show. Oh, and and Ryan C- Chris Billis is our uh, strength and conditioning coach. He does a phenomenal job. You know, ex NBA trainer. Uh, he does a great job. The one great thing about Ryan is this: he cares about the kids, and he's always there for those guys, and uh, they respond for him. Yeah, uh, Ryan Cabillas and and Brad Pike and and Eric Devendorf was part of that staff. Devo obviously Devo. no longer no longer with us um, in in Syracuse. Have you talked to him at all? And how how are things going for him? Oh, definitely. We talk via text. Uh, he's having a great time. Uh, he's going to do phenomenal things there. Uh, Devo is a great. Coach, he's going to be a great coach. Excuse me. Uh, the one thing Devo do, he put the time in. Uh, he puts the time in, and uh, individual instruction guy. He's he's one of the best out there. And I know that you know it's always sad to to you know see someone you know leave the program, but you know for a guy like you know Mike Hopkins, you're you're happy for him. He goes somewhere else, and he's living his dream, and he got to be a head coach. He has his own program. He's having a lot of success. They're ranked, by the way, to start the season. Hops turned that thing around uh, very quickly out there in Washington, and not that any of us had any doubt. I mean, we right. knew he would be successful. Not sure we thought he would be this successful this quickly. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I spent a lot of time with Hop when I was here, and, and obviously when I wasn't here, you know, I would talk. He's one of my closest friends in the business. You know, he's like a family member. You know, I I, I call Hop. You know, he was my my dad at sometimes. He's my big brother at sometimes. He's my little brother at sometimes. He just wore so many hats in my life, and uh, you knew that. Uh, when he get when he got his own program, he was gonna have the success that he's having. Uh, it, it didn't matter if it, w- it would have happened, you know, last year, this year, or year five. You knew at some point in his career he was gonna have it rolling. And obviously, you know, it was year one, <laughs> going year two. Excuse me. And he's got so many guys coming back. You know, a lot like Syracuse with yeah. a, lo- a lot of returning starters and a lot of returning uh, scores. I think he's got. I want to say seven of his top eight scores coming back from last year's team, and and they snuck into the back end of the top twenty five. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We've got about fifteen minutes or so left on the Alan Griffith show, so we're going to take our final time out. When we return, we'll we'll look ahead to tomorrow night's preseason finale against Lemoyne, and I, I do want to talk a little bit about the regular season opener. Our next show will be next Wednesday. You guys open up. 
a week from tonight on Tuesday against Eastern Washington. We'll get into that when the Alan Griffin Show wraps up right after this. This is the Alan Griffin Show. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. Stephen Fonte, Alan Griffin with you for another 10 minutes or so on the Alan Griffin Show. We've got uh, we've got some time for another phone call or two at 315-437-7644. So LeMoyne tomorrow night in the preseason finale, then Eastern Washington a week from tonight to open up the regular season. How much do you guys go into LeMoyne, for instance? It's a, it's a preseason game. Do you treat it like it's any other game in terms of scouting report and getting the guys ready? I mean, how, how in-depth do you go on the Dolphins? Oh, definitely. We, we treat it like it's a regular game. Um, and, and the one thing uh, our guys need to understand and coach makes them understand is, is this. You know, when the lights are on and you get between the line, you're not just representing yourself. You're representing a lot of people. And, um, and, and, and we need to perform the way we need to perform. What uh, what can you tell us about tomorrow night, and and maybe not so much about the opponent? I know uh, Lemoyne; they've got a lot of uh, new guys coming in this year. They had a great season last year under Patrick Beeline and, and made it, uh, you know, to the to the national quarterfinals. Um, but they lost a lot off that team, so a lot of new faces for Lemoyne. What can you tell us about from a Syracuse perspective? What are you trying to get out of this game tomorrow night? It's just to go out there and play as hard as you know, play our hardest out there, and uh, and 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 try to just do the things that you know. We try to work on every day in practice, uh, and and that's it. You know, control what we can control, uh, and, and you know we try to get up and down the floor a lot more, pick our pace up a little bit, and 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 see if we can uh, you know run and, and get out. All right. So you talked about transition uh, since you brought it up. Do you think that we will see Syracuse run more this year? You're gonna get. I mean, you've you've got the athletes, you've got the depth, you've got the horses. Are we gonna see you get that's, out and transition a little bit? That's the plan. Yeah. Uh, and, and the one thing I. You know, the last week or so, you know, Coach has been uh, really, really, uh, you know, honing on it is that we need to get out and go. We need to get out and go. And uh, when we do it in practice, it, it looks pretty. <laughs> it, it looks really good. So a week from tonight, Eastern Washington comes to town. And I know that's that's a team that, that you've had a close eye on. You're doing the scout for that game. And, and it's a pretty good team. I and mean, you look at what they did last year. They won 20 games. They went 13-5 and five in their conference. They finished in third place uh, in the big sky. They, they do have a lot of guys coming back, but they, they lost their top score from what I understand. Uh, what can you tell us about this team? Is this, a, is this a dangerous team coming to town next week? Oh, definitely. You know, the one thing that they do well is shoot the three ball. Uh, and they return their top you know, three-point shooters from a year ago. So uh, we're going to have to go out there and, uh, you know, cover the three-point line. But also, too, they do a really good job, very well coached. uh, And we got to be on our A game. So that brings us to our, our last question uh, that was uh, was texted into me, and it's in regards to the defense. Uh, based on what we saw last year, I, I think we would all agree that the defense you guys were playing in the NCAA tournament that was that was a high level. You guys played defense at a high level. Is that the baseline this year of where you expect the defense to be, given that pretty much everybody is back and in the same kind of role? And is that is that the minimum of what you expect the defense to look like this year? Well, you know, that was a special thing we did last year. Um, And the one thing, you know, we try to work on defense every day. Um, We spend a significant amount of time on our defense. But, you know, when you add new pieces, you know, you're going to take a hit until those guys get and understand what they need to do uh, on a daily basis in our zone. So I don't don't think it's going to be like that from the beginning. Uh, but I think it's going to have its chance to getting there and maybe getting better because of the bodies uh, uh, towards the end of the season. So, you know, the one thing, um, you know, you know, it's it's not an easy zone to get. 
you know, but once you get it, it can be really dangerous, and that's what we did last year. We we were really dangerous in it. So along those same lines, we saw a couple of years ago when you you brought in the fifth year grad transfers. You know, you had Andrew White, you had John Gillen, um, and they they did a lot of great things offensively. But it seemed like for a while they they struggled to kind of get used to what the zone was all about. Um, with Elijah Hughes transferring and sitting out the year, I would assume is it fair to say he's a little bit further along with the understanding of the zone because he's been here a year or does it truly take being out there in in game mode and seeing it up close and personal when the when the lights are on as you said um for for him to truly get it oh definitely you you got to do it when the lights are on um you can you can uh, practice against this so much in practice but when you got teams out there specifically trying to do certain things against it you know on a night in and night out basis uh, you you got to make certain adjustments as a player, uh, and the only way you can do that is with that game time experience. Um, we we practice it, we drill it every day, and we try to you know give these guys every situation that we could. But until you do it when the lights are on, uh, that's when you can get a true understanding of you know what it is. Is it fair to say that you know the defense we saw in the NCAA tournament? Part of that is is they had not seen you. Is is it more difficult? I guess. When you're in ACC competition and these coaches have seen you year in and year out, not necessarily the players, but you know you've got Roy Williams and Coach K and Mike Bray and you know great coaches in the game. They've seen it year in and year out, and they they kind of sort of know how to attack it. So does that make it? I would assume a little more difficult on on you defensively when you get into conference play because they know how to at least operate against it. Yeah, definitely, and I, I think like the outcome for those games would have been a little bit different if we had again some more fresh bodies after a while those guys can do but so much you know so um you know but you know given an ncaa tournament situation yes you know not being as familiar with the zone can really you know hurt you because you don't understand the zone until you're up on it uh and and the length and athleticism that's in it is, is 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 unmatched and you look at the the length this year um, you know, obviously you've got everybody back from a year ago, but Elijah Hughes is long and athletic. Buddy Bayheim is long and athletic. Uh, you know, Jalen Carey isn't. Uh, I mean, what's what's Jalen Carey? He's about six three. So, I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's not six six or six seven. But I mean, the, my point is, you you guys, it's not just the starters that are long and athletic. You're long and athletic across the board. How we recruit? <laughs> That's right. That's right. You, you recruit to the zone. Absolutely. Um, national rankings are out, as as you know, and you're 14 in one of the the major polls, 16 in in the other. Um, I would assume, as coaches, you don't pay too much attention to that. But how do you address it with the players that you know you guys are? Have a, have a target on your chest this year, whereas last year you were young and people didn't really know what to expect, and you know you were you were on the NCAA tournament bubble, and this year you're you know picked to finish fourth in the conference and you're you know top twenty team to to start the season. Do do you have to address that at all with with some of the younger guys about how to approach that? You know what we haven't addressed that one bit. To be honest with you, and I'm not even going to sit up here and lie to you. You know, coming into our, to this show tonight, I didn't know where we ranked in the polls. I didn't even take a look at it or anything. You know, we try to go about our day as a day, you know, daily process. It's just go do what we do. You know, if we can do what we do and take care of our business uh, on a nightly basis, then the outcome will, you know, work out in our favor most nights. Ty's battle uh, today was named a preseason first team All American by ESPN. Uh, you know, he's going to get those accolades. You know, certainly now and as as the season uh, progresses, what does he mean to your team? And and it sounds like an obvious question, but 
it's more than just the 19 points per game that he brings to the table, right? I mean, what when he said, "I'm yep, I'm I'm not going to the NBA this year. I tested the waters. I'm coming back." What did that mean for this year's team? It was it was it was great because for me, I was playing softball when I heard it, and I think I hit a triple after that. So I was pretty <laughs> excited. Uh, and it takes a lot for me to hit a triple. I'm not the fastest guy anymore. So. Uh, but uh, you know, getting back to the team in all seriousness, I, I think it was it, it was uh, it was great because now instead of saying you know Tyus did this, this is what Tyus did, this is how Tyus was, especially to our young guys, they get to see it on a, on a daily basis, which you know it just gives us as coaches credibility with our younger guys that hey, listen, we know what we're talking about. If you listen to what we do you'll be in a great situation. So I, I hosted the Jerry McNamara show last year, and Jerry would talk about how Tyus Battle is you know, arguably the hardest worker on the team, or certainly one of them. When your best player is also the hardest worker, what kind of message does that send to the rest of the guys? Because I would imagine it, it, it hits home with each and every one of them, especially the younger guys when, you know, that guy who you know is is playing forty minutes a game and is going to the NBA, he's working that hard. Well, I, I want to be like him. I would imagine that helps quite a bit. Oh, definitely. It sends such a strong message that during you know midday, he's out there working out with some of the walk-ons because they want to get better. So you know that message is driven home to these guys on a daily basis. And you know what, practices have been fun. It's been competitive, and you know, and and ties has a lot to do with that. All right, we've got two minutes in the show. These shows always fly by. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about, Alan? That we, you know, we didn't get to tonight. The, I mean, this is your first show. So, is there anything that you were you were dying to get to that that we didn't touch on? You want to talk about your New York Giants at all? I certainly don't want to talk about my Buffalo Bills. I would I would imagine you're probably in the same boat. You know, I don't even want to talk about the Giants right now. And you know, the one thing I would say I would like to touch back on is is that you know Syracuse football is it, it's. It's unbelievable, to be honest with you, uh, you know, what Coach Babers has done with that team and with the program and where it is right now. And, uh, you know, the, the great thing about it, too, is, is that, you know, when the football team is doing well, the community is just so riled up because, you know, they want to see, you know, everybody, every team at the university do well. And, um, you know, football is making us out, making us proud, you know, and uh, and I, I just can't express how excited I am for those guys uh, to to be bowl eligible, you know, get into a bowl game. It's just you know, a great, great thing. So you don't mind uh, splitting the attention of this town? Because normally when you're knocking on November, it's become basketball season in this town because football was, you know, under 500 and uh, wait till next year. And, and it was it was basketball time. So you guys don't mind at all sharing the spotlight a little uh, bit. No way. <laughs> Think about, you know, uh, our soccer team knocked off number one team, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks ago. So, That's right. I mean, this is a, a one thing about Syracuse is, is a sports town uh, and, and they like to see good sports played here and uh it's just it, it makes everything exciting more exciting you know football being good that just gives you know basketball you know a, a target on his back because we need to be just as good as them you know so it's, it's, it's just a great time yeah you mentioned men's soccer they're playing their their best of the season football team obviously in the national rankings we should we should mention the women as well i mean coach q much like your team well, coach q's got his five starters back he's got a mcdonald's all-american yeah. and emily Engsler. they're ranked in the top 20 and it looks like it's going to be a fantastic year for for Coach Q and the ladies as oh, well. well. I watched them practice a lot of the mornings when I come in, and um, you know, Coach Q got a really, really good team. I think the country need to watch out for Coach Q's team, I mean, and I'm not just saying that just because I'm saying that because I watched them. Yeah, I mean, he talk about great coaches. I mean, he he knows how to coach. He knows how to get the most out of his players. And oh, by the way, 
one week from tonight, it's a men's-women's doubleheader inside the Dome. The women will be kicking off their regular season inside the Dome in the afternoon, 3 o'clock tip, and then you guys take the floor at 7 o'clock. It's been fun, Griff. We are out of time. We'll do it again next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody.